Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. Welcome to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church, where we minister in the spirit of excellence under the leadership of our anointed senior pastor, Bukas Sterling III. Please stay tuned at the end of this broadcast for information on how to obtain a copy of today's message in its entirety. And now, Pastor Sterling. On this morning, I want to start our our reading in John chapter 10, verse number 10. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have a life and that they may have it more abundantly. We began this series of messages on New Year's Eve, and the first part of the messages was entitled Driven by Destiny, which is the theme uh, in Genesis chapter 32, and we went from there to Genesis chapter 37, speaking from the subject matter, the revealing of the destiny, and then on last, we were together in Genesis chapters 37 through 40, the distractions to your destiny, and as we looked at those distractions, the ways in which the enemy will distract you, amen, from your destiny. In John chapter 10, verse 10, a very powerful verse of scripture lets us know that the devil has three purposes, steal, to kill, and to destroy. Nowhere in scripture does it ever annotate that he has come to be your friend. Nowhere in scripture does it ever give record that the devil came to make you prosperous, nor to make you happy. He comes for three reasons, to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And as we look at this today, I want to kind of look in on the life of Jesus, because the enemy's desire is to work against us in our destiny by either stealing, killing, or destroying. I want to talk on this morning in this fourth part of the series of messages from the subject matter, the devil and your destiny. When I was growing up, the word devil was used a whole lot more than it is in church now. Amen. I'm not sure whether it's because we've now become more educated, more sophisticated, you know, more theologically sound and solidified and holified. I don't know. We don't talk about the devil a whole lot. But the devil is real. And in reality, he's spoken of a whole lot in Scripture. All the way from Genesis to Revelation, you see the devil in the Scripture. So for those of you to think all the devil does is this, yes, he does. And I want to talk about him and your destiny. Because the reality of it is that he has plans for your destiny. Y'all still here with me? 
And his plans are depicted in John 10.10 to steal, to kill, and to destroy. I really want to let God have his way in this passage so that we can really get the full weight of what is going on in our lives. The first thing, as I look at the life of Christ, look over Matthew. We're going to look at some verses of Matthew. Matthew chapter 2. What we'll find there that in the very beginning of the life of Jesus that he was threatened by the devil. The very beginning of his life, his destiny was threatened by the devil. In in Matthew chapter 2, what we find here is that after Jesus was born and his star appeared and the wise men went looking for it, they had come and they sojourned and they stopped by Herod's place, told Herod what was happening, and then they told him that that we were looking for the king of the Jews. And Herod, of course, there was going to be no other king but him. And so, therefore, he pretended like he was interested too. And he said, well, when y'all go and find him, come back, tell me about it because I want to worship him too. But he didn't really want to worship him. He wanted to steal kill and destroy and so what happened was the angels told the wise men leave out some other way don't go back to Herod don't let him know what is going on and so they left out some other way and if you look there in chapter 2 verse number 16 it says and after he found out then Herod when he saw that he was deceived by the wise men he was exceedingly angry and he sent forth to put to death All the male children who were in Bethlehem and in the districts from two years old and under according to the time which he had determined from the wise men that Jesus was born. From the very birth of Jesus, from the very entrance into the world, the devil had plans for his destiny. Y'all need to understand this. Because like Christ, you and I were born with a destiny attached to our life. You weren't just born to be mama's baby boy, mama's baby girl. You weren't just born to be perfect and pretty. No, you were born with a destiny attached to your life. God sent you here for a predetermined reason, and it wasn't just to be fancy and fly. You have a destiny attached to your life, and the devil doesn't want to see you accomplish it. So at birth, what he did was he has planned to destroy, to threaten, if you will, the life of Jesus. And the devil at birth attempts also to kill many of us. Whole lot of us at birth, let's just, I'm just going to be honest and plain and, and maybe y'all can relate to this. Maybe you can't. But let me just tell you what happened when you were, when you were conceived. Because the devil had plans to threaten your destiny when you were conceived. When you were conceived, your mama and daddy start talking. And then the parents start saying stuff like this when you were conceived. I'm too young to have this child. I'm not financially ready. I'm not making enough money to have this child. I'm not really in love with the father. We just had a one night fling and I'm pregnant now and I need a way out of this. It's not a good time in my career to have children. And so in those kind of words and many others like them, the devil was planting seeds in the minds of your parents To destroy you because he knew that there was a destiny attached to you at conception. 
And in our country each year in the United States, 1.2 million children's destinies are being destroyed. He's using us in the United States alone to destroy the destinies of 1.2 million children in abortion. 3,315 abortions a day in the United States. 138 abortions per hour, every hour, for all days of the year in the United States. The devil has plans for the destinies of children. Outside the United States, if I were to include, because I don't believe the United States has a, a monopoly on destiny. I believe God has destiny for everyone who comes into the world. But across the world, 42 million abortions are happening in, our, in this world that we live in every year. 42 million. I'm trying to help us to see that he's threatening the destinies. He's threatening uh, your lives, even as he threatens the life of Christ. Now, in the life of Christ... For those of you who don't want to talk about abortion, I can add a whole bunch of other ways that he's threatening destinies too, through crime, through drugs, through, through violence. There's a multitude of ways in which he is threatening the destiny and, and, and trying to destroy, trying to kill those that have destiny attached to their lives. And he does not want them to accomplish what God has for them to accomplish. He wants to kill them before they get to it. In Jesus' life, at the age of two, he has plans to kill him. In the same way, we see this similarity of the story of Moses, when Moses is attempted to be killed as well. But in the life of Jesus, at the age of two, this decree goes out, kill every male child, two years old and older, in Bethlehem and in all the districts around. Get rid of them because there can be no other king but me. That's Pharaoh's edict. That's his decree that goes out. And he's being used by the devil. Not, 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 not some, this didn't just pop in his mind. The devil is working through him because he's a child of the devil. The devil is using him to try to destroy, try to kill Jesus before he gets on his journey to his destiny. Y'all still here with me? Not only that, as I looked through the life of Jesus, I found out that there were many other opportunities and occasions that they tried to kill him. In John chapter 5, verse 16, he heals a paralyzed man on the Sabbath day, and they sought to kill him for healing a man on the Sabbath day. In Matthew chapter 12, I discovered that he healed another man whose hand was withered, and the Pharisees and the Herodians said, kill him for healing a man whose hand is withered. In, in John chapter 5, verse 30, when Jesus declared I and my father are one the Jews sought to kill him in Mark chapter 4 verse 35 on the sea of Galilee the devil tried to drown him in the boat but he didn't realize he was dealing with the master of the sea he didn't know that Jesus could come up and stop and talk to the wind and tell the wind stop moving but he tried to kill him in the boat I'm trying to help you understand he's trying to destroy the destiny of Jesus in the same way he's trying to destroy and kill you in your destiny how many times has he tried to kill you through a car accident, motorcycle accident, some freak accident, some disease, some sickness in your body, something that went on and some body that broke in the house. How many times has he attempted to take your life? And it wasn't just incidental. He's trying to keep you from destiny. I need us to understand that the devil is involved in our destiny because, one, he wants to kill you. If he can kill you, he can keep you from your destiny. 
He can keep you from that which God wants you to accomplish in life. And I need us to grab a hold of this because I think we happen to kind of tiptoe through life thinking things are just happening by happenstance. We have no visual on the devil. We don't believe he exists and we live like he doesn't. And we attribute a whole lot of stuff to chance. And I'm not trying to give him more credit than he needs. But oftentimes, if it's not the devil, it's some of his, it's some of his comrades. Some demons that are working to destroy and kill you to keep you from what God has for you. Herein lies the problem. Most of us don't believe God has something for us to do. And then when we do at least accept something that God has for us to do, we want to minimize it and want to water it down and act like it's not much. But I need you to understand God has great plans for everybody he brought on this earth. But he was threatened. So we learn from the, the life of Jesus that the devil threatens him. Threatened his life because he wants to kill him. That's what he does. That's why he came to steal, kill, and destroy. So he tries to kill him. The second thing I noticed in the life of Jesus, I look at Matthew chapter 4. And in Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 through 11, it tells the story of Jesus' temptation. Can I read that for you? Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, afterwards he was hungry. Now when the tempter came to him. He said, if you are the son of God, command that these stones be bread. But he answered and he said to him, it is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him up into a holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down for it is written, he shall give his angels charge over you and in their hands they shall bear you up lest you dash your foot against a stone and Jesus said unto him it is written again you shall not tempt the Lord your God and again the devil took him up on an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory and he said to him all these things I will give to you if you fall down and worship me and Jesus said to him away with you Satan for it is written you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. Then the devil left him, and behold, the angels came and ministered to him. Second movement of this text is not only do I want you to see that as it relates to the devil and your destiny, that he will threaten like he did Jesus, but also he will tempt you like Jesus was tempted. In chapter 4, we read this story, and I've read it a million times. I haven't read it once. I've read it over and over and over again, but I saw something that was very interesting to me in this, this time when I read it. This time when I read it, there's a couple of things that I want to point out for you, and that is when we move into chapter 4, something happened in chapter 3 that sets the tone for all of chapter 4, uh, all of that we've read so far, and that comes in chapter 3, verse 17, listen to this, and suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Now, on the brink of God saying, this is my son, didn't nobody know that before? But now we know and he has declared it before heaven and he's declared it before man that this is my son in whom I'm well pleased and God has said this one belongs to me upon the declaration of God saying this one belongs to me now the devil goes to tempt him. 
And then God said, this is my son. And then he's fasting for 40 days, 40 nights. Then the Holy Spirit led him into the wilderness to be tempted. Whole lot of stuff I could say about that. I got something a little heavier that's, that's more relevant for today to deal with. But I do need you to know that this was the plan of God to assure that everything that was written in scripture would be fulfilled. So watch this. So he's led of the, by the Holy Spirit after he's fasted 40 days, 40 nights. He's hungry, the Bible says. And now when the tempter came to him, he said to him, if you are the son of God. Why does he say that? And he says it twice. Because God said, you're my son, but I don't believe it. And so I'm going to challenge what God has said about you. I'm trying to help somebody here. Because God said you're victorious, but the devil says, ah, oh, if you victorious, how come you ain't making no money? I'm trying to tell you how he tempts you. He challenges what God says about you and causes you to begin to doubt it as he's tempting you. And he says, if you are the son of God, command these stones to become bread. Tempting him, tempting him, tempting him. What in essence he's saying to him, he says, now, if you are who God said that you are, I'm going to tempt you by causing you to use your supernatural ability that God has given you to take care of yourself. In other words, you take control, use the gift that God has given you to take care of what your flesh is craving. That's temptation. The temptation is to use what God has blessed you with so that you can satisfy yourself. When the scripture says all my gifts that are given are for the benefit of all and not for the benefit of me. He's tempting him. He's tempting him to use his ability to take stones and turn them into bread. He's the creator of the world. He could have done it, but it's the temptation that's laid before him to misuse his gift for his own purposes and to satisfy what the flesh is craving. I'm trying to help us right here because a whole lot of us are doing that today. We've been tempted and we're taking the bait, misusing what God has given us as a gift. To satisfy what the flesh really is craving. Hmm, Okay. Let me see if I can fix it up for you. You've got the gift to be able to speak eloquently to people. But you're using your gift in the club to roll up on young ladies to say, baby. How you doing? You've been gifted with good looks and you're using your good looks to jump from woman to woman and man to man. God didn't give you that for your purposes to satisfy your flesh. But the enemy is tempting you to use what God has given you so you can satisfy yourself. Turn the stones into bread. Use the supernatural God-given gift. Misuse it for yourself. Take control of it. Do what you want to do with what you have. That's what he's tempting him. He's tempting him. Then he comes back again. And watch this. I want you to see something else. That in the process of these temptations, in each occasion, what the devil does is takes him up. If you look through these these few verses, you look at verse number four. Jesus was led up. Here we go. Because this whole process of temptation for him always has to be angelic because he came from heaven. You can't tempt him by taking him down, but you can tempt him in the flesh by taking him up. 
There's some places that you aren't tempted by because it doesn't take you up. Mm-hmm. But if I take you up and offer you up a little, it becomes temptation. Okay, you don't get it. Let me make it real plain. Wednesday that just passed, you had the temptation of taking your economic condition from where it is in the basement to the penthouse by just matching up six numbers if you could have gotten the six numbers. The temptation was to take you up. Y'all, y'all still here. If the temptation was put it in and I'll take you further down, you wouldn't have played. And you, you already measured the value. You said if I lose, I only lose a dollar. But he takes them up. And then verse 5 says the devil once again took him up into, listen to this, into the holy city. Set him on the pinnacle of the temple. The devil took Jesus to church. That's what the text says. He took him to the holy city. Then he took him to the holy temple. Y'all thought the devil didn't hang out in church like he was afraid of church? You think he's afraid of crosses and afraid? No, he walks right up in the church just like anybody else. He's not afraid to come in and tempt you right in the church. Some of you have been tempted this morning as folk walk by you and they smell good and they... He takes him in the church and he takes him up to the pinnacle of the temple. And he says to him again, if you are who God said you are, God said you're his son. If you are the son of God, it's right there. Verse number six, throw yourself down for it is written. He shall give his angels charge over you and in their hands, they shall bear you up. He's essence and essence saying to him, he tempts him again, secondly, to misuse your kingdom protection. Misuse the protection that you have from God. Put your life in danger. Take control yourself. You know God will take care of you. Go ahead, throw yourself down from the pinnacle of the temple. I'm, I'm taking you to church, but from the highest point in the church, I want you to jeopardize your high position. I want you to jeopardize your reputation as a child of God. Throw yourself down. God's grace will cover you. Put your life in danger because God's grace will cover you. Live like a fool, even like even though you are a Christian, because the grace of God, it will cover you. Go ahead, throw yourself down. And he's telling Christians this every single day. Throw yourself down. From a spiritual perspective, now from a physical perspective, he's also telling people the same thing. Live like you want to live. The grace of God will cover you. You know you ain't supposed to be eating pork. And I'm not saying that from a theological perspective. I'm saying that because your doctor told you to stay off of it or you're going to have a heart attack. I'm saying it because your health won't take it. And you eating candy and chocolate and cookies and all that. And then you go take your insulin shot. In essence, what you're doing is throwing your life in the dangerous balance, expecting grace to cover it. I'm guilty too. Driving on the beltway, there's a reason why they set the speed limit the way they have. But you put your own life in jeopardy. You throw yourself off the temple, expecting grace to cover you. And that car ain't supposed to be doing 95 miles an hour in a 35 mile zone. 
But grace will cover you. Go ahead. Hit it, man. See how he tempts us? He's tempting you to put your life in danger because he wants to destroy you. He's after this. This is the devil in your destiny. He's after your destiny. If I can destroy you, if I can mess you up, if I can maim you and keep you from being able to fulfill your destiny, he's tempting us as he tempted Jesus. To continue our journey, tune in next week for the second half of today's message. Praise the Lord. You've been listening to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church under the leadership of Senior Pastor Bukas Sterling III, where we minister in the spirit of excellence. We pray that you have been richly blessed by today's message. Financial contributions in support of this ministry are welcome. We thank you in advance for uniting with us in kingdom building. For a copy of this sermon on CD or to hear this message again on the web, please visit our website at KetteringMinistries.org and remember to reference the title or broadcast date. We hope that you have enjoyed our journey together and we invite you to join us for one of our Spirit-filled worship services Sundays at 8 a.m. or 11 a.m. at our new edifice called the Legacy Center located at 6909 Crane Highway, Upper Marlboro, Maryland. For additional information, go to our website at KetteringMinistries.org or contact our church office at 301-574-3515. Please join us again as Senior Pastor Bukas Sterling III and the Kettering Baptist Church family minister in the spirit of excellence.